0: Having the money available there for tax all the time, regardless, is just such a relief because you'd never have to worry about it. And not, I remember before, I was like, every quarter would come around and I'd be sweating on it. Since Profit First, you don't have to worry about it ever.
1: Growing a successful trades business isn't about you being the best on the tools. It's about how you profit, plan, prepare and prosper so you can create a business that supports you and your family. Welcome to Profit First for Trades. I am your host, Katie Krismali-Marshall, and this is the podcast for tradies who are ready to transform their business from a cash-eating monster to a money-making machine. Let's dive in. Let's get started. So firstly, give us an intro, who you are, what you do, and how long you have been doing tradie work and working with them specifically, and a bit of a background. How did you get into where you are now?
0: Well, my name is Matt, and I run an agency called Trady Web Guys, and we essentially build marketing packages for trade businesses only actually. So essentially, when a business comes to us, they are a builder or a solar electrical company or a bathroom renovation or something like that, and they're basically looking to generate their own leads into a defined sales and marketing system, which we set up and deploy and help help them customize. Um, so it's quite a boutique service we 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 work with specific uh businesses within sp- specific verticals uh, we also do a lot of web development outside of those outside of a marketing space for any trade business but um yeah we're essentially uh, pretty heavily niched into uh like quality lead generation for trade businesses um my background is plumbing I used to be a plumber many moons ago although I tell my clients you probably wouldn't want me um, working on your home anymore it's been a while um, or maybe even back then who would know uh, but uh, yeah I, I ended up in this in the marketing space after we worked, I worked for a company in Sydney many years ago that um, that basically sold a technology to primarily plumbers and we had a lot of clients that were really good at doing the thing but really bad at um, promoting themselves and so saw a bit of an opportunity there to um, help them with some of those marketing and then one thing led to another and we were I was full ball into the agency and it's been like that for the last 12 years now so from strength to strength and now we've got 20 staff and we're all over the world and yeah it's pretty crazy
1: and when you started out and made the move was it just yourself that you just started
0: with it it was it was myself but obviously i had to find people that had the skill set that i needed which at that point in time was development then gradually over time everything became in-house and we just brought hired our own staff and our own teams and piece by piece you kind of learn these things so yeah
1: and I think a key point there is about you weren't enjoying your business and you won't enjoy being a plumber anymore you found you saw that opportunity and then you took that leap
0: well yeah so I, I saw I got I was hired by a company to when I was actually plumbing and I was hired by a company to set up the, like to, like for this position to set up this company to set, sell this technology, um, <clears throat> which was great because I wanted something a little bit different. Sort of wanted to, I like the idea of getting off the tools, but then for anyone that has, you kind of miss it. <laughs> so <laughs> you miss like being able to build something, go, ha! Ah, look, I did this. Um, so yeah, and I was in that role for a couple of years and I was just really strongly disliking that I think just working for someone else, like going from running a business to working for someone, it's it's not great. So there's a few office politics and stuff going on there, but I just ended up um, yeah, going you know, going out of my own and um and yeah, which went into the marketing space instead of back into into the trade, you know. And and it's not because I dislike the trade. It's just because I, I felt like I wanted to spend more time in the education space and more time on the business. Side of trade businesses as opposed to like just being in there digging holes and you know replacing blocked drains.
1: And I'm talking about not liking being off the tools. So many clients I work with, they're like, We want to get off the tools, and I'm like, Are you sure that's what you want? Yeah. Because sometimes that is what they want, but then sometimes they only want to be off the tools for a little while. Or you know can still be on the tools a couple of days of the week. So, did you find when you went into this space that you were able to feel like you were building things again, and you had not
0: not really? I think that was part of the problem. It was very different to what I was used to, and yeah, um, it came with a bit of an adjustment period. Um, But then you know, after a while, once you, you you do start building things just in a different format, you know, like we, we, as I was saying, we sort of went into the, edu- I started going into the education space, I was presenting at TAFE New South Wales, you know, in their Cert 4 uh, classes, talking about marketing and things like that to, the, you know, say, say. Stu- students that were about to enter into that, in, into their business, into their own business, and then I ended up talking at the Department of um, Education roundtable events down in Canberra, and these government events, and and that sort of led me thinking into like this is this is cool like it's being well received what I'm saying here but it's hitting like twenty people in a room how do we get the message out wider so and this was back in 2016 um, and I thought well, this is like after maybe four four years or something of running the business uh, the, the agency I thought oh well, maybe I'll start a podcast I've heard a few good things about this podcasting thing. And so that was, yeah, back in 2016 and kind of before it was really well known. And it's, um, yeah, now pretty well established with up to 400, close to 400 episodes, maybe 400 by the time this one goes live, who knows?
1: And I think that's... You know that's how we first connected was through your podcast and I have a lot of clients that I work with who are, who listen to your podcast religiously so I think you know firstly congratulations on that education piece I think you're definitely hitting that box there um and again like we were talking about that consistency of of having an episode out pretty much each and every week um is changing the industry
0: Yeah and that's kind of it's a different type of building like you sort of you know, it's just it's just adding value to businesses in a in a in a different way and sort of at a bigger scope. You know, which is kind of more a little bit more rewarding, I suppose, than you know looking at a nice bit of stack work you put up.
1: So, no chance of going back on the tools anytime soon, then?
0: Look, I think I think yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much unemployable yeah. um, <laughs> for for the better part, and. Yeah, I've been out of the game for a while now, so I'm not sure I'm not sure how well I'd slot back in.
1: And interesting that you say about going to work for somebody else and how that wasn't a good fit for you, I always say to my clients, for me, when I come across profit first, it was a time in my bookkeeping business where I realized it sucked, I hated it. But I had that realization of I couldn't go back to work for somebody else because it wouldn't have been fun, and then I was like, "Oh, I have to do something here," and that's how I came across Profit First. And I think there's so many people who are self-employed who continue on in their business even though it's struggling because they don't want to um, they don't want to go work for somebody else, but then they also don't know how to improve it. And I think obviously your podcast does a great job at bringing on so many different and varied guests to be able to showcase the different areas where. Business owners, particularly in the trade space, can get more information um, and make those changes. And one of those changes that we obviously want to talk about today is profit first. So I know that you've been doing profit first in your business for quite a while. Um, yeah. Tell us a bit about when you come across it and how long it's been, roughly.
0: So I like have repeatedly said over and over again on the podcast, on my podcast, you know, I'm not, I never knew anything about finance money or anything you know coming out of the trade i didn't have i didn't have good role models in the in the uh, financial education space parents weren't great with money and i never really had anyone to look up to so i kind of did everything wrong And went down the, ended up down the path that a lot of you know the listeners and viewers have probably been down in the space of um you know having tack like uh, ato debt and all this kind of carry on you know just through poor financial management and through no one's fault but my own, but just being ignorant towards what that actually looked like. And I remember just, and then having a string of horrendously bad accountants and things along the way that just literally could not communicate anything in from layman to, like to a layman, you know? Mm. And um, yeah, it was, it was, it was crippling and daunting. And anyway, I, I finally, I suppose, got to the point where I was just fed up. Found a good account and started learning a bit more about it. Understood prof- profit and uh, loss statements and, you know, balance sheets and basic things and then started realizing, oh, actually, if you don't stick your head in the sand with this kind of stuff, you, you can figure stuff out and it typically doesn't end, out, end up as bad as it has been. Um, So, yeah, I went down that path and then I read uh, Mike's book and... I, I I think I got maybe like three chapters in or something, and I was like, I want to do this, and right. so I always went and googled like profit first consultants or something, and and Craig popped up, and um, yeah, I just reached straight to and I just said, oh, I just want to fast track this, come and do it for me, and he did, and he's we've been we've been in bed ever ever since. Shout out to Craig, but
1: <laughs> and Craig Minter is one of our awesome certified profit first professionals. He's been. Uh yeah, I think he did he just got his 5 year certification award at our profit con 2 weeks ago so he has been doing this for quite some time. He is amazing. And I think that's a perfect example of how you knew that it was going to be good. You just wanted to shortcut it and make sure that you got the most out of it and worked with somebody who was certified knew, to do so.
0: I knew that I I knew enough to know that I didn't know anything. Yeah. And so And I knew I needed to learn something. And this model seemed simple enough for me to be able to, like an idiot like me to be able to embrace it. And also, but yeah, being kind of, I want everything done yesterday. I, I, I wanted someone that could actually do the thing because I knew I could fully well spend months and years trying to deploy this stuff and screw it up completely. So I just thought I'm just going to spend the money and get someone to do it. That was, in hindsight, a really good decision because I, without question, would have screwed it up. And actually, and we'll circle back to this in a little bit. But like, even some of the feedback which I hear about profit first on the negative side of things, and I think people just have a complete misunderstanding of it. But we'll we'll come back to that in a bit. But um, so, yeah, I knew I needed to. I knew I needed to learn more about finance for the business side of things, and it truthfully it was it was like a real it I won't say it was easy because it was very different for me, but it was um like once you get in that cadence it's it's uh it just creates like a layer of transparency across the the financial side of your business, which is so simple and just easy to manage, and it doesn't have to be complicated
1: and I think that's one thing that I hear a lot is. I think I've stuffed this up. Like I think I've done something wrong because it's it's really simple. It's like yeah, yeah, when we stop overcomplicating it and we follow the system and we do as we should, it is a really simple system. But like you say, it's there's harder parts because we have to change the way that we look at our businesses and the way we think about our numbers. But once we can get through that, it is a really simple system that will absolutely change the business. So I'd like to then come back about those negatives that you hear people say about Profit First. I find it super interesting.
0: So there's a lot of, you know, I have a lot of colleagues and friends and things out there that are like in the business space and a lot of them sort of hate on Profit First and their general feedback is, well, the profit should not always be first in your business. There should be, you know, times when you should be investing into, you know, marketing or staff and all that kind of stuff. And they don't really understand the dynamic of what first is because I think the name is actually quite misleading. Okay. And I I really don't like the name. I think, like, I know I understand, like, from a, a selling books and a marketing point of view, it makes sense, but I don't think it's about that at all. I think, like, in essence, they should have named the book, How to Make Sure You've Got Funds Available in Every Department within Your Business. But of course, that title wouldn't really sell many, but so... <laughs> But I think there's just this general misconception of what of fundamentally what profit first is and how it actually looks within the business. Uh, and I think that's to the detriment of many people out there that are too ignorant to go and explore it firsthand. And I've introduced so many of these people to to and and to to their credit, like even my coach, like I do, he had that. And I said go and speak to my consultant, and then I did, and they, they adopted it and they brought her on board. So. People that are receptive and open to it, then they kind of get it. But a lot of people just don't. They just think, no, it's just stupid. It's a crutch system. They don't really get it. Yeah.
1: And it's like anything, if we don't understand it fully, our opinion is not going to be based on all the information. And one of the things I talk about with clients is profit equals choice. When you have profit, then you have the choice to invest in your marketing, to grow your business, to give your staff pay increases, to take more wages yourself, to take holidays to whatever you want it to do and and I think particularly in Australia when we think about profit we think of the big corporations making gazillions of dollars in profit and screwing the little person um so again I think with that that terminology around profit and just our general you know all the big banks make all these big profits and the big airlines and the all those sorts of things and there is that negative connot- kind
0: like dirty dirty word almost
1: yeah it's almost a dirty word and it's like um and sometimes only just the other day i had somebody post on one of my posts about um you you shouldn't have profit at the expense of paying your team properly and my response was <laughs> i uh, my team are paid very well because i am profitable exactly. like the more profitable i can be the more i can pay them um yeah. but again it's just that that Um, preconceived idea that they already have because they probably worked for somebody who seemed like they made a lot of money and paid him really poorly. And that absolutely could have been the case. But when you're doing Profit First correctly, it's not about just making sure you are getting every last little cent out of the business. It's giving you that choice to run a business that can support other people, can pay its bills on time, can grow, can spend money on marketing, and just really knows where the money's
0: going and what I mean, tr- truthfully i see the profit side of it kind of the serendipity huh. like that's like the last thing that i really look at yeah. like i just want to make i just want to know that i've got money sitting in opex and money sitting in my you know contract like team team things yeah. so i can pay my staff and there's always there's buffers there and stuff like that you know so like the profit side of things is yeah cool i know it's there the vaults and all that kind of stuff that exists as well but like I think, like, at a base level, just knowing every month that you're going to have money available to pay bills and to oh. pay the team and whatever it might be, like, it's just a piece, it's just peace of mind. Wow. Oh.
1: And I think what I find is people don't, I get a lot of feedback when they have their first BAS bill come around. And often I will get the, we've got money left over. Like, what, something's wrong. BAS has been done incorrectly or like something is wrong here. And it's like, No, actually, it's right because you've been allocating money aside for your GST and making sure your PAYG PAYG is getting put away and, you know, all of those things. Um, And like you say, knowing that you can pay pay your team, you can pay your bills, you can pay all of those things without having to worry about making sure that you've got money coming in the door because you've already got that covered. Um, And I think that's where the simplicity comes down to it. A lot of people also say, oh, that's too many bank accounts, like particularly accountants and bookkeepers. That's ridiculous. That is going to be so much more time from a bookkeeping perspective. Um, and if it is, it's because it's being done incorrectly. When I set it up for clients, it literally would add, at best, 30 seconds to bookkeeping. And I always say, we're probably going to save you time because we're going to set it all up correctly. And
0: yeah, it saves so save much time, I'll what. Yeah. Clear
1: and again, just being able to look and see um how much money is in each of those bank accounts. I always joke with all of my clients that I was a financial planner before I started my bookkeeping business. I've had my bookkeeping business for eleven years. This one for almost coming up six in January. Like I am a numbers person through and through. But I don't like doing calculations. And what I mean by that is I don't want to look at one bank account and then go, oh, I've got 10 grand there. But Three is for bars and two is for these and blah 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 blah. And then what have I got left? Like I'm, I don't want to do those calculations. And that's one of the things that Profit First does because we split it out, split it out into different bank accounts. Yeah. I've got this for that purpose. Yeah. Is it enough or not? It makes it so much easier, and I yeah. find that it allows us to look at our numbers much more consistently than what we have done in the past because we didn't want to. They were confusing, and we couldn't really tell where we were at, so we would just avoid them. We'll just keep doing this thing over here. We'll worry about that later, Um, which ends in all sorts of
0: disaster. So it's also good as well knowing that you can, like, if you do have things coming up or you're working towards something, how you can, you can sort of use the number like the percentages and numbers to build that, like, forecast that. You can reverse engineer it. One of
1: my favorite pieces that people miss it's like yes we can look at where we are now but how much is that new team member going to cost you how much do you want to spend in marketing how much do you you know whatever it may be and then run the numbers as if that has already happened and then you can see how those changes and what you then need to do and it gives you a much clearer guideline instead of going oh I need to go and get five new clients so oh I need to get three clients at this amount of money By here, and then I can do those things. Makes that forward planning much more certain as well.
0: And I I think that that's one thing that even before Profit First, like that was a big turning moment for me in my business. Like I was working with a coach, and they ran me through the whole, you know, process around having a three-year, or it might have even been more. I think it was three, and then one year, and then like quarterly, monthly. Uh, daily, weekly, daily tasks kind of thing, breaking it down from the big picture. Because when you do that, and this is what Profit First does, I, I think really well. It it makes you realize. I mean, testing what you said then. Oh, that's all I've got to do. Like when you look at it, when you reverse engineer and break it down into bite sized chunks, like it's it just put it just puts this polarizing lens over what you what you instantly deem as almost unattainable or unreachable as a as a, as a macro goal. But when you break it down into bite sized chunks, it's it's just it's not that hard,
1: <laughs> and again, that that comes back to the we are, we can be less stressed. We can focus our energy on other things because we're not constantly thinking we can't achieve this goal because it's so huge. We know if we just do these things each day, then we're going to be able to hit that goal. And I I know for me, my businesses at least, that was and still when I do it, that is always surprising to me. It's like oh, actually, I can do that. Yeah, I find or I at least do. Sometimes default to the "that's too big, that's too hard" type of mentality. Whereas when I just look at the numbers, the numbers don't lie, and it'll show me exactly what I need to do. And it's like, ah, oh,
0: okay. yeah. And then I think the question really becomes: Is this big enough? Is this hard enough? Because once you understand, and once you start achieving these things, and quite honestly, when you put this that methodology into practice, you in almost every instance, if you stick to the plan, you'll get there quicker than you expected. I, I, I can't think of a time I haven't.
1: And that is a perfect example of what I say to clients all the time. You might have a really big goal that feels huge and out of reach at the moment, but when we break it down, and even if that is a... So for a lot of clients I work with, they have a lot of debt when they come to me. And some of these clients, we're looking at a two, three, four-year time frame to pay off the debt. Once they start working with Profit First, I have not had a client in almost six years who hasn't paid off the debt in a significantly less time frame than what was originally scheduled, yeah. because all of a sudden we're like, oh, you can see it happening, you can see it reducing. So then, instead of it being a negative thing about, oh, god, if I've got all this debt, it's like, oh, actually, like I'm knocking this off, I'm getting this down, and it gets it done quicker.
0: Because the thing is, we profit first, and, and and I suppose any any sort of business coaching model that should really. Like, yes, you if you set a benchmark for what you should be paying off this debt, if it's percentage-based and your income and revenue is going up, at, like as a percentage, you've got more allocation to pay these things off. So it does get there faster because it, it's like a rising tide, you know? And so I think people, it's it's kind of refreshing when people are like, oh, okay, well, yeah, like we were expecting to pay, spend this long to pay it off at the current model, wow. but now that we've sort of... The business has grown thirty percent or whatever. We've got that extra revenue. We've been able to allocate based off percentage Mm. to whatever it might be. It was. It's always yeah. You always get there quicker.
1: Yeah, and um, yeah, I certainly haven't ever worked with anybody who has complained about paying off their debt sooner or being able to achieve their goals sooner. So one final question: If and I know you as we've had this conversation before, and you've always been a massive champion of profit first. What is it that you would say to people who are on the fence or who are like, yeah, profit versus not for me? Um, what what would be your words of wisdom to them?
0: I mean, it's the same I would say to anyone. If you don't if you don't try it, you'll never really know. But if you are going to try it, you got to you got to like give it the attention that it deserves. Because it's not like a wave your magic wand and everything's fixed. Like you're still going to do the thing. It's like you're it's like the yeah, old read a book and then hope it all happens. You know, like it's not like that like it is it is a methodology it is a it is a change in habit it's a change in action it's something you've got to actually embrace and do but i mean it, it's I, d- I just can't see how you can go especially if you're a, if like as a tradie you know in that space and you, you don't know this stuff and but it's not your fault by the way like <laughs> i've been there like you never taught that shit So it's on you to, but it is your fault if you don't learn it, you know? And this is a simple, as simple system as I've seen. I mean, alternatively you can go and do like accounting and bookkeeping courses and that kind of stuff. I mean, to me, that was just, I was never going to do that. It just didn't make any sense. And it's not to say that there aren't other financial models out there. I'm sure some of them are quite good, but like, I think at a, at a simplistic level, this is a very easy way to get started and, and it's also worth mentioning as well like at the starting point and I think the advantage of having an implementer like you Katie is like where, where you start is never where you end up and very quickly you'll see things change with percentages and allocations and just even like accounts and like all this kind of stuff like it there's a process to it but you've got to get started somewhere mm. and and I'd say if anyone is on the fence about it get off the fence or just or just keep struggling i don't care
1: and that's great advice and that's what i say to clients i'm like this is a way to manage your cash it is not the way it is not the only way there are other ways to do it out there but if you are not using one of those other ways or your financial team your accountant or your bookkeeper aren't offering and suggesting and teaching you a different way maybe it might be time to have a look then
0: well i mean no If there's a listener out there who's who's had an accountant who does teach you and does like like, can you get send me an intro? Like, yeah. I've never had anyone come proactively to me and go, "Oh, let me teach you today about how to read a balance sheet." Like, it's it's just never never happened. I don't I, I don't know. Maybe there's unicorns out there, but um, yeah, I think realistically, as business owners, you are the one that has to make that decision, and you've got to. It's like anything. Like, if you want to learn something, you got to go. In find the people, the resources, the tools, the programs, the the training, the courses, like whatever it is that can teach you that thing, and otherwise, it's never going to happen.
1: And I talk very much about building your financial team. You may not know what you need, but you need to start asking questions and listening to podcasts and doing the things. And there are some amazing tax accountants out there. They there certainly are, but for the most part, their specialty is managing your tax situation.
0: And a lot of them don't under, don't understand profit first.
1: And a lot of them don't understand business. No. They might have businesses themselves, but a lot of them aren't as particularly entrepreneurial-minded. Many of them are, but not all of them. Um, so what they are doing is they're very good at doing your tax. That's what we want them to, to be. We want them to be exceptional tax accountants, but... As you say, they're not very good at explaining things. Um, they're not very good at helping you navigate your business, and that's okay. That's not their specialty. Find this person who is the specialty. A,
0: it's a guess. very, it's a very important point you raise, and a very slippery slope when you guys are like get to the point where you understand that you're like. So, for context, you know, for every pretty much all of us, give high fives to our accountants when they reduce how much tax we have to pay, <laughs> except when you go to the bank to get a mortgage right and then you realize this accountant has been digging me for years because now i i haven't been paying myself enough right Uh. and so you've got like what you're saying about getting the right team on board is really important because your accountant has to know and your whole team needs to know where you know what are you looking at doing what are your goals are you you looking at investing in property you're looking at investing in shares like what is it like what is the actual overall picture there because there's a very I'd say there's a pretty slim chance, although your, your accountant will probably tell you they are experts in all of that. They're probably not. Mm-hmm.
1: And that is, again, something I find here in Australia with small business owners. Our goal is pay as little tax as possible. Now, I certainly don't want to pay any more tax than I need, but I know that my goals are far more important than the amount of tax I pay. So again, that perfect example, I hear it all the time, it's like we've on to get a mortgage and the bank tells us we can't pay for them. We can't service the mortgage because, uh, you know, our tax returns tell them that we've been earning $50,000 a year or whatever it may be. Yeah. So again, having those goals, knowing what you're going to do one year, three year, five years out, um, it doesn't have to be set in stone, but we have to have an idea. And then again, having that. So when I work with clients, I always insist that my clients do an intro email to their accountant as well. Um, so then I get authorization from my client to share their goals with the accountant because often they're like, Oh, I have kind of, but not really. Um, and it's like, okay, cool. They want to buy an investment property or they want to do this. They're going to have to borrow. So what do we need them to be earning and how are, we, how are you going to do that so that we're all on the same page? Because so often I have had people come to me go, Oh, I've, you know, I've got this deposit, but now I don't have the income to support it and now the banks are telling us we need two years' worth of income and then they just, you know, they miss the boat type of thing. Um, so super, super important about your financial team. And I even include, I mean, your tax accountant, if you have a bookkeeper, your profit-first coach, if you have, yeah, your mortgage broker, if you have a financial planner, if you are working with any, you know, even even clients who are working with agencies like yourself, it's like, cool, well, what's the goal there? Like, what are we looking at from an income perspective or leads perspective? So then we can, again, reverse engineer that and then go, okay, is that going to match this? They might come to you and say, oh, we need X amount of leads, but that might not give them what they need or it might give them way more than they need. And so just being able to have those conversations around the goals of the business and then each specialist doing their part to help the clients reach their goals is something that I harp on about all the time. And I have some amazing accounts who will do that, and I have some who are not interested in that, and that's perfectly okay. And I just say to my clients, maybe it's time for a, a new accountant, or a new bookkeeper, or a new mortgage broker, or, or
0: whatever. Know, and, that, and that's a big, and that can be a daunting step. It's like, well, I've been using this account for twenty years. I'm like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. you business broke. Like, <laughs> like sometimes you got to make these harsh decisions, you know, and you got to do things that are going to move the needle.
1: And I think coming back to your point earlier, where you're like, you have to. It's your responsibility to take the steps to learn about it. And one thing I do with my clients is go and ask your tax accountant these questions. And they're either going to realize that you're you're interested in those sorts of things and they'll open up the conversation and you'll realize there's another side of your tax accountant that you weren't aware of. Or they'll give won't answer them or they won't give you very good answers. And then you're like, okay, time to move on.
0: Shake out the dead wood.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so then again, it's like, okay, when you go find a new one, ask these questions, tell them that this is what you want to do. And you will very soon figure out whether it's a good match or not. And again, it's with any any financial part of your financial team, it's so important. Um, particularly this year, I've seen a huge increase in clients in both my coaching and the bookkeeping business who have gotten into situations from a financial perspective that could have been avoided had it not been for some really
0: Bad advice?
1: Bad advice. I, I see it every year, but this year especially. And again, they don't know what they don't know. Um, but I find if you've kind of got an inkling, put your hand up, reach out to somebody and just get those steps rolling because...
0: What- I mean, again, it's one of those things, isn't it? I mean, we're talking on the finance side of things, but you could say that in any aspect of life. You know, there's the, 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 what is it, the most expensive advice is free. Like there's so many, <clears throat> so many people out there that will give advice, and this is why I say to you know our clients and our listeners, like it's important to, important to know a little about a lot, no. and a lot about a little. You know, like you don't need to know a lot about everything, but if you understand the fundamentals, and even when clients come on board with us, like we're so methodical with numbers, like like anal with numbers, you know, and and they're all freaked out about it because they're all tradies and they don't get it, but like after a while they understand it because the numbers help us really position bottlenecks and dictate. What part of their process, Working. when they come on board, needs needs to evolve or needs you know work, and so it just it just cuts through all the bullshit. Otherwise, you, you're constantly ending up like making decisions based on emotion as opposed to data. And-, and
1: and this is one thing I say all the time: when you are looking at the data, when as long as the data is correct, so we have to get that part right. I mean, from my perspective, it's making sure the bookkeeping is being done correctly. But once we can look at that data, it helps make every single decision in your business easier, whether it's a financial decision, whether it's profit first, whether it's tax, whatever it may be, whether it's investing in a marketing agency, when you know your numbers, and again, you don't, I always say to clients, you don't have to spend hours of time every week at this, like from a profit first perspective, 15 minutes a week is more than enough than you need. Um, And then coming back to your point, it's like, yeah, when you know those numbers from a marketing perspective... You know where the, you can see where those bottlenecks are. You don't have to guess anymore. And I think, I know for my businesses, that's been one of the biggest relief that you don't, I don't have to leave it to my own devices to just guess or put myself down a path because that feels a little bit better. Like the numbers are there.
0: And I think the advantage as well of like the profit first system is the, the cadence of it, you know, like just- going in every week and doing your allocations it gets you in in front of your accounts and it gets you into your you know your bank account and whereas it's so often without that system that you might just oh I won't I'll let it go for another week or whatever it might be right <coughs> or month whatever but the beauty of the beauty of the you know re- doing these things regularly like at a at a cadence which is not you know quarterly or annually or whatever is you can make adjustments. Yeah, and when you see things trending in the wrong direction, if it's a week or two, you can reel it back in. Whereas if it's a month or two or three or four or five or six or twelve months, like you can't reel it in; it's gone.
1: And I always talk about it allows you to be proactive, because you are having that quick check in every week. You can see that happening, and then you can make a correction. Rather than if we go back to like doing our end of financial year tax. Again, in Australia, we are so used to financial year ends 30 June and we won't do our tax for you know, if you have got a company. You, no. you might not be doing it until May. And then you're looking at it and then going, oh, whoops, we made these bad financial decisions here. And, oh, look, we were already a three quarters of the way through the next year and it makes it really hard to make those changes quickly. So by having Profit First in your business, you're able to see so much sooner Um And again, it just makes things so much easier.
0: So having the money available there for tax all the time, regardless, is just such a relief because you'd never have to worry about it. And I remember before, I was like, every every quarter would come around, I'd be sweating on it, you know, Hmm. do I have the money? Whereas since Profit First, you just you don't have to worry about it ever.
1: And then, what has that done for you as a business owner by not worrying about that? Then I'm assuming that's freed up time
0: and energy for you to. Yeah, enables me to stress on other things.
1: Other things. Yeah. So instead of stressing on all of these things, you can stress <laughs> them a little bit less. Um, but we, you know, we can reduce, at least we can reduce and take that one out.
0: I mean, that's a big one, though, because, you know, there's yeah. like not having to worry about the finance side of the business or if there's money available for certain things, mm. or even just being able to, at a, at the a click of your fingers, check if there is money available within the various departments of whatever it needs, whatever you might be looking at acquiring or buying or whatever, then like, it's just, it's, it's just good to know if it's there, you know? Huh. And like, especially tax, like, like the whole tax conversation, um, it's so good just look opening the accounts and seeing there's just money in there, you know, so you're not going to get, you know, you're going to come unstuck come next quarter or the next, for the next year, or maybe even I'll pay next year's upfront, you know, like there's, and, it, just, it just gives you options
1: yeah and i think that's a good point as well like coming back to that profit gives you choice and profit gives you options and it allows you to focus on what you need to focus on the business so i always so in my for my businesses there was a period of time where my dad was quite sick and he passed away then my mum was quite sick and then he passed away so over the course of 2 years and had i not had profit first in my businesses at that time There is no way I could have still had them running. There is no way. I hired team members during that time because I knew what my numbers were. I had I worked out about 40% less time in my business over that two years because I was taking them to hospitals and so on and so forth. And without that, there's no way those businesses would have survived, which would have meant that it would have been a bigger financial stress on our family because obviously my income also goes towards the family. And- I think for the tax, that's always a big one. That we don't want to get the ATO offside. We want to just make sure that they're happy, because if they're happy, then we're miles ahead of most most other businesses.
0: And And, I mean, for the better part, like I mean, I know most. I mean, you would know way better than me, but like a lot of businesses, trade businesses especially, have a pretty pretty bad relationship with um (laughs) with the ATO. The ATO is actually quite reasonable. When it comes to like they are they I think for the better part they tend to understand that no one know like the average business owner doesn't know anything about this sort of stuff and when things and people trip up I mean they don't I don't know if they offer a huge amount of advice but they're pretty reasonable with like paying back those you know the money and things like that I think with the system in place like profit first it does make it quite easy and at the same time it educates you as they're not not how to fall back into that trap again and same with credit card debts and things like that you know like it just. You don't have to worry about that stuff anymore once you've got this system deployed and operating properly.
1: And a good point there with the ATO, they are really reasonable if we keep them up to date with what's happening and what they're doing at the moment. Um, You know, They need to recoup some funds that they handed out over the last few years. So now if you ring for a payment plan, then they want to know, can you afford it? So you need to supply them with some numbers and clients who have had Profit First in their business and have needed to do that are able to give them those numbers and then get that approval for that payment plan much quicker and much less stressful um, than those who haven't. And because, as you say, they are really reasonable if we keep them up to date and give them the information we they need. Um, and we want to tick that off and never have to do that again. And profits will certainly help you with that one.
0: I'm curious, in your opinion, is there a point within a business where they you think it's the best time to embrace Profit first.
1: Yes, you're um, starting up right from the beginning because you're going to get into those good habits. You go and, and profit first is a system that is going to help you identify what's working and not, what's not working in your business. So by doing it when you start up, it will help you see very quickly whether you're charging enough, whether you're you know whether you're quoting correctly, and all of those sorts of things. Because I always say that the bank accounts. Um, if there's not enough money in a particular bank account, that'll rate, that's a red flag for you that something's not working in the business. So it could be your pricing. It could be because you're doing the job and you're not invoicing for weeks. People still do that consistently. I don't understand how, but, um, you know, not uh, quoting but not really putting together a really comprehensive quote and actually knowing what they're quoting and what they're costing um, so getting into those habits from the beginning, it will very quickly show you whether you're doing those things right. And we do sort of have a little bit of the attitude of, oh, you know, I'm just starting out. I'm just going to take whatever job I can. I've got to just like go in at a lower price. And I disagree with that. I disagree because I'm like, yeah, you have to get the work, but you have to do it in a way that you're still going to be able to pay your ATO, you're still going to be able to pay GST, you're going to be able to do all those things because all you're doing, is putting that off for a later date and then you're going to end the financial year, not going to do your tax return until May, then you're going to have a debt and then you're going to have to catch up and then you spend the next. And this is why when people talk about, oh, you know, the first three to five years you won't make a profit. Businesses who start profit first at the beginning do and it's just because they have a system in place that allows them to see if they're doing those things correctly. Are they pricing correctly? Are they, you know, time on the job? Um you know, they might quote five hours and then they're there for 10. And that's not a huge deal if it's just you for the most part. But once you have team, all of those things come into play. Um, So when they start, and it's interesting, I have a noticeable increase in people who are about to start businesses in the next, you know, like now to three months time, reach out and say, hey, you know, my mate heard you on, your podcast, or listen to my podcast, or whatever. I'm going to start soon. What can I do now? And so that is so refreshing.
0: I think for, from my experience, especially if I didn't go through the struggles I did, I probably wouldn't have gone looking for a solution. You know, oh. and, I, and I wonder if you know, for a lot of the people out there, until they actually feel that pain, and then they have to need to go back and fix it. You know, like it's a hard thing to sell people on. I th- I mean, unless they've sort of had business experience and they've been through it before, like I feel like because like, I have this conversation with people all the time because I promote the shit out of them all the first time, I love it. Well, but like some people, I think that have that haven't quite had, they haven't they haven't been hurt enough to go through <laughs> they it. Been, they haven't been knocked around the park enough for them to realize, man, I actually really do need something like this mm. to pull me out of the weeds.
1: And those that have reached out who are starting businesses sooner every single one of them has said like that their mate or their somebody has said you've got to do this from the beginning because you don't want to go through what I went through so it's come from somebody else's pain and if we can avoid pain that's great but definitely there are plenty of people out there who are going to do it and then until the pain gets so bad then that's when they reach out so yeah if they can do it from the start that's best but today is always a good time
0: I guess it's one of those things, you know. When you look at the journey of a uh, people, someone that's starting a business, there's a number of things they need. They think they need to do in order, and like probably in my instance, especially, like understanding financial models was not high on my hit list when I started. It was like, how do you make the phone ring? And yeah, how do I make make enough money to buy a new car and spend a ridiculously amount of money on something I shouldn't, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Anyway. I Like if, if that is you out there and you're like, you are relatively new into business and you think you're doing things right, you're probably not. So just get on the phone to Katie and sort your shit out because it will make a big difference.
1: And on that note, thank you, Matt. Um, great to have you on here. Um, as I said, your podcast has always been one that many of my clients listen to and I recommend. They listen to it as well. Almost 400 episodes, so congratulations on that again. And, um, yeah, we'll catch up again sometime, I am sure. Absolutely. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Profit First for Tradies. If you want more, head over to ProfitFirstForTradies.com.au for the show notes and the links to today's free resources. And if you'd like to learn how to become a permanently profitable trader and eliminate your cash flow problems, Join us in the Profit First for Trades Facebook group where I share tips, resources, and trainings so you can save time, save money, and save your sanity. You can learn more over at profitfirstfortradies.com.au. Catch you next time on the Profit First for Trades podcast.